The Guardian. Hello, this is Media Talk. I'm Matt Wells. This week, reports of TV's death are greatly exaggerated, as a new study by Ofcom shows we're watching almost four hours of it every day. Also in the podcast... That's the Smurfs song. Father Abraham and before the number one, a full rundown of this week's Top 20. Simon Bates returns to the big time after he signs up to present Smooth Radio's new National Breakfast Show. Plus, Greg Dyke turns down Richard Desmond's offer to run Channel 5. And Jason and Alex get off to a flying start on The One Show with a little help from Whoopi Goldberg. The first wild beavers to be brought in Scotland since the 16th century were spotted last week after a successful reintroduction in the Scottish beaver trial. Are you all right, Whoopi? Who knew Scottish beavers were having a tough time? <laughs> hey. Cheeky Cheeky, this is Media Talk from The Guardian. Greetings, everybody. Now, this week you'll have seen that BBC weatherman Thomas Schaffernacker got into a spot of bother after the cameras caught him extending his middle finger towards newsreader Simon McCoy. It's not the first time that Thomas has made the headlines. Last year he was one of Attitude's cover boys, and he also delivered this rather memorable weather report live on Radio 4. Now, this evening and um, tonight, we start to see the thundery weather coming in in the early hours of the morning in Glastonbury. Some pretty steamy showers on the way, which will give way to quite a muddy shite... Uh, uh, sorry... <laughs> Excuse me, muddy, muddy uh, site in in Glastonbury. Um, tut tut. Now this is a family-friendly show, so there'll be absolutely no naughty hand gestures or slips of the tongue from our panel, who this week is made up of Paul Robinson, managing director of Kidsco TV, and uh, John Plunkett, Media Guardian's radio correspondent and the Media Monkey. How are you both? Pleased with your A-level results? Uh, delighted. My hands are under the table as well. Good. <laughs> John. Well, well it's, it's no good. People wishing people good luck with the results now. They needed good luck uh, three months ago when they yes. set the exams. But uh, yeah, yeah. good luck, everyone. Yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, there's hope for us all yet. Um, anyway, boys, put your Blackberries and your iPhones away for just a minute it's on with the show media talk with matt wells on guardian.co.uk the average Briton spends almost half their waking life watching television surfing the internet or using their mobile phone that's according to a new study by ofcom which shows that we cram in seven hours of media and communication into a single day indeed predictions that the internet and social networking would kill off television appear to be wide off the mark telly watching still dominates our media habits with people typically watching for three hours 45 minutes every day where do they find the time well tess alps is the chief executive of thinkbox that's the uk marketing body for commercial tv broadcasters she told me why our viewing habits continue to be on the up i think we're now seeing two things from the internet that are helping boost live linear viewing one is on-demand services so the very services that some people thought including myself would displace some linear viewing so you can watch on itv player or sky player um, instead of watching linear viewing um, that seems not to be happening very much mostly people use it to catch up and so because they can now catch up easily, they then go back to the live stream. So if you drop out of episode three or four, right, you go yes. back. So the on-demand services... Whereas before you might have just yeah. dipped out of the series yeah, completely. You just, yeah, we lost you sort of yeah. thing. So actually the, the internet's helping us with on-demand services. And secondly, this relatively small thing, but it is quite compulsive. And I, I, I note it even works with Guardian Journalists, which mm. is live chat. So if you can chat about telly, um, it's quite a compulsive thing to do. It makes you want to watch live. If you want to be on Twitter and talk about, you know, what well, you're you know, currently watching, this, yes. what you're currently watching yes. now, and you sort of to be part of the conversation, you have, you to, have be to watch it now at the same time as everybody yeah. else. Yeah, so yeah. social networking is an absolutely brilliant complement 
to live TV viewing. And, and, and that sort of speaks to the other finding in, in this survey, which is that people are multitasking while they're watching television. They're not just watching the, the TV. The Guardian report says that people are cramming nine and a half hours, this is 16 to 24 year olds, cramming nine and a half hours worth of media into six and a half hours of actual time. Yes, I know. It should, we should, I don't think we should be tremendously surprised about that, you know, because, um, well, you know, most people would have the radio on while they're online or um, have the radio on when they, when they read something. Um, TV is the most immersive of all media, so it's the medium with which you do the fewest other things. But, of course, people do other things while they're watching telly. I certainly do. I used to do all my homework while the telly was <laughs> on. And um, now people are doing that and I was told they're what, I was, eating their dinner. And I was told clean. off for that. <laughs> What, you shouldn't eat your dinner? No, you no, no, do no, your homework. homework. No, no, I had to turn the TV off when I was doing my homework. Top of the pops in your homework. What, yeah. What's better than that? Um, so, um, but what, what implication, what are the commercial implications of this? What are the implications for, for advertising? I mean, this is yeah. presumably good news. Well, I'm glad you say that because obviously some people would like to characterise it as bad news. People think, oh my God, this is a distraction. This is taking attention away from TV. Um, but in fact, most of the time, and I'm really... I'm not over-egging this. Most of the time, it's sort of deepening of the TV process. So as you're watching TV and you're having a conversation about your TV, including the ads, as we see, if you go to Facebook, you find millions of fan groups for TV ads, not just TV programmes. Um, so that's an enhancement of that effect. Clearly, sometimes people... We've got a guy in research who opens up his laptop when his wife starts watching the soap because he can't bear it. In the past, he might have picked up a magazine. Now he opens his laptop to check the football scores. So sometimes it is a distraction, but mostly it's a deepening. But the really exciting thing for advertising is having uh, an interactive device to hand as you watch TV. People watch TV ads and there's no return path. So the earliest people used to do anything about having seen a TV ad was the next day. You know, they might have phoned up off the back of an insurance ad, or it might be a week before they could go to a shop to look at, say, a car dealership or whatever. Now they can do something instantly, and they do do it. Even buying things, you've got people seeing a TV ad, they go online because they've got the laptop there, they check out a price comparison site, and they buy it before the end of the ad break. Uh, and I, that, yeah, and we're also seeing, uh, I mean, I, you know, we must all have noticed this, a real increase in the number of websites or online brands advertising on television. Yes, it's one of the fastest growing sectors on TV, helping us replace some of the money. You know, we had obviously had a bad recession in TV last year, as did every display advertising medium. But in fact, TV dropped less than total advertising. But I think two of the top spending brands last year were online brands, GoCompare and Confused.com, I believe. Tess Alps there. We really should have her on more often. Um, Paul Robinson, that last point she made about um, internet brands advertising on television is really interesting, uh, um, isn't it? I mean, you see them all the time. They're quite obscure, some of, uh, uh, some of these brands. but they. Yeah. Well, I, well, I must admit, I've been introduced to internet brands via the TV now. I mean, yeah. you absolutely, that's the place where you see them first. And I suspect that probably what we're getting, actually, is a lot of multitasking going on. People mm. actually online at the same time they're watching TV. Uh, and so probably some of these hours don't look quite as crazy because I reckon some of these things are happening at the same time. Yeah, uh, about, uh, apparently, John, we spend... Uh, 18 to 24-year-olds spend seven hours doing, spend four hours doing seven hours work or something like that, if you, if you add it all up. Yeah, yeah, the, the, you, young people today. Yes. Uh, yes, no, I think it's uh, this uh, increase in TV viewing, I think it's, it's down to two things. One is a slightly ageing population because we do, right. people do tend to watch more TV as they get older. Uh, and the other thing is um, not so much investment in quality programming. I think investment by the five main channels has actually gone, gone down. 
What's driving it, I think, is new technology in terms of um, high-definition television. Mm. And, of course, um, Sky Plus and other digital video recorders. So, uh, in a sense, we've got sort of Sky to thank for this uh, increase, in, uh, increase in TV viewing. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as Tess was saying, Paul, um, it's interesting that, that these that Sky Plus, PVRs, digital video recorders, uh, a lot of people are time-shifting television now. And then that means that the catch-up services mean that they stay with those TV shows, the series that they might otherwise have dro- dropped out of before. If you miss an episode... Exactly. Exactly. You miss an episode, then you lose the plot. I mean, now with Series Link, you can get the whole thing and you can have Sunday watching it and catch up mm. all the time. So I think that's absolutely right. The, the other thing I think is it makes it very easy. I mean, Sky Plus is just very easy to use. And I think if you've got Sky Plus, you probably go to that first before looking at live TV. So you've yeah. suddenly got a whole different you know, viewing experience. Yes, well, yeah, well certainly um, if you, we, have I, we have Virgin and you have iPlayer on the television. And it's the, it's the first it's the thing we go to, it's the thing I go to when I, when I go home. It's the fir- first thing you go to, not, not, not the, you yeah. know, uh, not what's on television if there's nothing on let's have a look at iPlayer and the other thing of course is the economy in a, in a time when people are still concerned about how much money they've got you know TV is still a very cheap way of entertaining yeah. lots of people at the same time you know you can have a pizza and watch a movie at home and it's a very cheap evening out alright yeah. we've got the um, uh, the full report um, online links to all of that at uh, guardian.co.uk slash media talk I'm Matt Wells. You're listening to Media Talk. It's still August, so for what it's worth, here's the rest of the week's headlines. John, let's start with you. Uh, 4.5 million people watched Jason Manford and Alex Jones in their debut show on The One Show. Were you one of them? I was indeed, yeah. I I, uh, despair. Uh, I think the one show has got uh, it's got theme music that makes you want to hate the show. I know. It's uh, furiously cheerful, and you think, "Oh God, I really want to loathe this," you know. And you feel slightly guilty because Jon Snow's uh, on at the same time on Channel Four. But um, actually, <laughs> I thought the first show, I thought it was a winner. I thought it was very uh, possibly due, uh, as you suggested in your intro, more to Whoopi Goldberg than the efforts of um, yeah. Alex and uh, and the other one. But uh, but I thought they did a good job. Him in particular, I thought Jason Manford was. Yeah, he seemed like to the, because, to the man of born. Yeah, because um, uh, to the sofa born. To the sofa born, yes, particularly uh, specifically um, because he's a stand-up comedian, and you wouldn't have thought that he would he would necessarily be a kind of natural journalistic fit for I mean not that it's hard journalism but you know you need to no, but you he, had, your he had a nice you, engaging you? style I thought he smiled nicely you know he sort of looked good on the screen he sort of felt like you welcomed him into your living room the chemistry between the two can build I think I mean the chemistry isn't there yet but it wouldn't be on day one and they also had a lot of publicity of course because there are a lot of people writing about you know how's it going to be this first show that won't have done any harm but actually no I agree with John I think it was a very very good debut and if they continue uh, to deliver that level I'm sure they're probably going to probably equal the predecessors I'm not sure where they're going to consistently get 4.5 million viewers but you know it was a good good effort ratings wise yeah. I mean you can't read too much into the first few days but yeah. Wednesday's overnight so it said it was 3.9 million so it's gone down but you know it's more like, not suggested, more so. like the, the previous uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah, and uh, Chris Evans on Friday of course so we'll have to that's see, right yeah see how he goes um, uh, well from 1 to 5 Greg Dykes apparently turned down the choice to succeed Dawn Area at Channel 5 are you surprised at that uh, no what? not really because I, I think it's interesting now isn't it what is Channel 5 going to do it's got two things it could do either slash and burn not just the executives but more and really cut costs and just cut the thing into profitability so it becomes cheap and cheerful you know nothing terribly stunning on there but actually makes money and I think that's one strategy the other one is you've got to really seriously invest and you've got to make it a a serious player in content and so the chief executive will be a function of which of those strategies you know Charles Allen would be a great for the first but you want a really serious heavyweight heavyweight program exec you're going to do the second and the question is what is Richard Desmond going to do with Channel 5 is there a room for another sort of big character alongside Desmond you'd, you'd suspect not and well Dyke, Dyke does seem to get linked with every top job going doesn't he Channel 5 Chief Executive Channel 4 Chairman Mayor of London even the editor of The Independent is there anything they can't do 
So he missed out on the one show, didn't he? <laughs> he did miss out on the one show, yes. Um, uh, okay, that's uh, Channel 5. We've uh, talked a lot about that in previous weeks, so we'll leave that there. Um, ITV is going on the PlayStation. Uh, now, you see, I haven't got a game. Have you, have you got games yeah. consoles? Yeah. Because yeah. I know, I don't, it's hard to get your head around the fact that you get TV through the, the games console. How does that I, work? I think if you're 25, it's not. No. I mean, it's, it's completely normal. And if you're younger, you know, kids expect their iPad, their games console, their mobile phone, have all the stuff that TV's got. So they just want to have everything wherever they are. So I think for, for younger audiences is a very very good move i think it will help itv to attract younger audiences and is a uh, you know the first big move by fru hasler and probably what sort of thing you expect fru to do right so 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 how i mean how, how does it work you 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 plug your xbox in and it just comes it's just another way of it just comes through there it's just another platform that comes through there right. it's, it, i mean the question is going to be is that screen you know if you work if you're on a small screen yeah. you know going to be good enough but no it's just like it's just another platform i think after it launches you'll be prompted to um Press a certain button, uh, and then it will appear in the TV menu. The icon will appear on the TV I menu see. when you when you uh, switch on your PlayStation Three. But I've got a PlayStation Two, but I can't even connect that to the TV, <laughs> let alone watch let alone watch TV through it. So, uh, what uh, what's your what's your top top game? On your uh, well, I, I tend to play the games you, on my own website, so I t- I'm a bit not a world, world of Warcraft. No, 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 world no, no nothing. nothing. No. Everything's wholesome that I play. Okay. I like a bit of Songstar. Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Oh, a bit oh, of late ca- night song star, ca- yeah. Karaoke yeah. fan. We should Ill. team oh. up. Um, <laughs> You're karaoke uh, too, are you? Over to the web. Um, uh, I wanted to go on to the story about the news of the world. Uh, the News International is reported to be putting up its um, putting its Sunday tabloid behind a paywall in October. It follows the uh, move on the Times, of course. So, so he's clearly pushing this strategy out, uh, John, isn't he? Yeah, well, it, 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 it makes sense from one point of view because a lot of their stories have video attached already, so you might you would pay for that extra content that you've well, read about. Well, this is all the stings, offline. you know, was Max Mosley or Prince Harry video, whatever it is they're doing. Yeah. That's right, but it's harder from the other point of view because it is only a Sunday newspaper, so it's only really, re- only really relevant one day a week, so I can mm. see it would be harder from that point of view. It hasn't got an enormous amount of traffic at the moment, which means either... It's a bad idea to put paywalls up, or he's not got much to lose, I suppose. Right, I see. Uh, okay, thank you very much, Paul and John. Uh, more on all these stories at mediaguardian.co.uk. Uh, we'll finish this week with a bit of a radio roundup, uh, starting with this chap. Few things are quite as tragic as two people who find that they do love each other, but the physical side is completely wrong. And this, our tune, is one such all-too-human story. It begins at a party more than 30 years ago when Lee first claps eyes on Kenny. Hankies away, ladies. GMG Radio has announced that the extremely venerable Simon Bates will front the new nationalised Smooth Radio Breakfast Show when the station merges its five regional stations in October. And if that story is not of too much interest to the core media talk demographic, there's been some truly exciting news from Oxford. A local student station is being relaunched as Glee FM. And you guessed it, it'll play nothing but non-stop music from the American TV show of the same name. More on that in a moment. Uh, Let's start with Simon Bates and Smooth. Um, what, What are Smooth up to here? I think what Smooth are trying to do is create a, a national brand and a brand that will generally try and take on Radio 2. Uh, Smooth's been a, a regional station that's done fairly well in certain parts of the country, Northwest and the Midlands. It's you know, had reasonably good numbers, not really ever worked in London. Um, and they had a decision. Are we going to sort of continue trying to build a regional station, but there's no more FM licenses, so we're going to have to do it on regional DAB multiplexes? Or are we going to create a national brand and try and really go for it? Um, and that's what they've done. So in that sense, it's quite brave. And they're now able to do that, of course, 
with the well, relaxation say, legislation. How are they able to do that? Um, uh, how, how do they get around their, their licence restrictions? Well, they've still got the FM licences, which are regional stations. Right. Uh, this is a national station that will be on, on DAB. DAB only. Yes. Yeah. So what they've done is now sign Simon Bates to add to uh, Mark Goodyear and, and people like Andy Peebles. And then they've got some regional uh, DJs. A guy called Dave Lincoln is on in the afternoon and a guy called Carlos who's in, in drive time. So what they're trying to do is trying to create you know, a national station that's going to really sort of pull in some numbers, but also still appeal to their regional roots. And that is where they may have a difficulty. Um, GMG Radio have done really well with, with real radio, you know, particularly in Scotland. They get amazing numbers and they're a very good regional operator and they do very well outside London. They've never really cracked London and they've never really done a national station before. So the issue is going to be whether they can make this into a successful national station, which has got different, uh, different demands and different um, talents than, than being very successful originally. And pre- presumably Simon Bates, the, re- the thinking behind signing him, John, is to, to, to deliver a bit of you know, oomph at breakfast time and a big, a big name, but is he the, is he yeah. the right guy? Uh, well, I suppose what they're looking at, as Paul suggested, is it's, a, it's an alternative to Radio 2, like a genuine commercial alternative to Radio 2, where at the moment you'd suspect Radio 2 listeners that didn't maybe like Chris Evans at breakfast. The, the obvious national alternative is somewhere like Classic FM, so this is a, a, another choice for them. I mean, and Bates isn't the only former Radio 1 DJ to be at, at Smooth now. They've also got Tony Blackburn, Mark Goodyear, and, and Andy People. So... Uh, so yeah, I mean, there was a few households names, but maybe sort of, maybe sort of households in the eighties. I was going to say, we're, we're, it depends which households you're talking about, doesn't it? Really, <laughs> Simon Bates is a great broadcaster, and uh, remember, he did have on on Classic FM the single most listened to commercial radio show. I mean, there are more listeners to this show on Classic FM than any other single show on commercial radio. Um, he's got to be marketed too. People need to know he's there, and that's going to be the other challenge. You know, can they spend enough money? And their marketing campaigns thus far have not particularly been presenter focused, so they're going to have to change their strategy. There. And, and Radio Two is a massive juggernaut isn't it to to make any headway there in a way i mean what bates might do is he might pull in people who might find evans too much you know because bates is definitely going to appeal to an older demographic than evans and radio 2 is still pretty young really so i think if they were to position themselves as radio 2 in a bit uh that might do very well i suspect they're going to need to add some more names i think you know despite the fact you say john there are four names i think they need to put more talent on there to really make an impact but it's a good start all right uh so bates is leaving global radio as is uh paul jackson he's leaving his exact role at Capital Radio in London to join Lachlan Murdoch's DMG Radio Australia. I mean, uh, uh, he's the, now, the interesting thing about Paul Jackson, of course, is he's the son, son of Richard Park, and by all accounts, just as terrifying. Uh, Capital used to be the most important station in London for more, more than a decade, but it's not now, is it? So, Well, its audience figures have been on the decline ever since uh, Chris Tarrant left. This was back in 2003, 2004. But uh, in terms of weekly reach, it has sort of levelled out uh, in the last couple of years, maybe coinciding with, with, with Jackson being there. But its problem at the minute is that uh, the total listening hours, share of the market, has continued to go down. And then the, in the last rage hours, it was it was fifth in the capital among commercial stations and uh, dipped behind LBC for the first time, oh. which would have been unheard of a, a few years ago. I think people seem to think that the station sounds better. There must be uh, the efforts of, of Paul Jackson and, as you say, his father, Richard Park. But in terms of uh, listener hours, it's, it's, it's not doing it at the minute. Hmm. Um, interesting stuff. Uh, I mentioned Glee FM. Uh, so let's just quickly t- uh, uh, talk about this. I don't, I don't know if you've heard, uh, heard about this uh, um, out of YouTube, uh, but this is a station that's run by students in Oxford, uh, in Oxfordshire. It's the latest rebrand in the station's 11-year history. They've been Oxygen, Fusion, Passion, and most recently uh, FM 107.9, very uh, <coughs> original. Very creative title, yeah. yeah. Um, it's run by the same team as the award-winning Jack FM. Um, and I wondered if it was the start of something you know special. You can imagine a Mad Men style 
station, perhaps, what? with songs from the 50s and 60s. I've, I've, got, I've got breaking news here because yeah. it's rebranded again since then. <laughs> What's that? It's, it's, now, uh, it, it's, uh, it's now Glide FM. Oh, right. <laughs> and it turns out the Glee FM was just a, it was a short-lived publicity stunt. Oh, right. So it lasted for about 60 hours. <clears throat> there we are. And uh, no impact on radio at all, then, presumably. No, I don't, no. Think, <laughs> I don't think it was too much of radio. But it's actually run by the same guys that run uh, Absolute Radio, Clive Dickens. Yes, but it's not absolutely. It's not part of. Yeah, ja- Jack FM is interesting. Jack FM Oxford is what is a station that's got these ridiculous idents that are almost verging on being offensive. You know, it will tackle religion, sexuality, and stuff like that. And uh, when you when you hear it, you think, wow, it's just incredible. They are they are very creative. They are doing trying different things. I mean, this one clearly didn't work, but you've got to give them a mark for you know trying something fresh and original. All bit for sixty days. Okay, there we are. Uh, now then, a word of warning, uh, lovely listeners. Our next show will be available on Monday, August the thirtieth, and it'll be chock full of news and interviews from our weekend at the Media Guardian Edinburgh International Television Festival. Here's a sobering thought. It's going to be the 10th consecutive year that I spent the bank holiday, the August bank holiday weekend in Edinburgh with a bunch of... Only me- 10. Only 10, Matt. Yeah. My goodness ten, me, you're ten, a mere ten. nipper. Have you been... Um, More than that, yes. yes. Well, consecutive, though. Yes. Every year. Yes. Well, well. well. There we are. Uh, anyway, are, and, and are you going? I'm you? not. I'm actually going to be in Germany. It's the first year. So yeah. the first year in many decades. I'm actually going to be in Düsseldorf. Yeah. <laughs> um, John, yeah. The, the pain on Paul's face. I know. It's, it's it's disappointed. Hey, I've just come back from Gdansk. That was painful. Yeah. It really is shipyard city. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, uh, now Lovely. Bef- I love the Polish. Before we leave you for ten days, uh, Paul and John, please uh, share. Well, sh- sh- share with us something that you've learned. What have you learned from your travels in in Europe? Never travel on Wizz Air. Oh my goodness, what an airline. Have you really? heard of Wizz Air? Yeah, I have heard of them. Wizz Air, Hungarian airline operating at Luton Airport. I think they've trained the staff never to say please or thank you. Right. I mean, and they're in this vibrant pink, ghastly airline. Just avoid it. <laughs> okay. So, sounds like my kind of airline. Um, John, <laughs> what, uh, what have you been up to? I, I learned no, not to put location, location, location on your serious link on your, uh, your digital video. Right, you it fills it, it up. Fills it, it up. It. Yeah, it fills <laughs> within two days. Yeah, I needed to move house. I needed more space for my hard drive. Uh, yes. Okay. Well, 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 I learned. Did you know that it's literally possible? There, there, there is literally a, a show that is unlistenable to on Radio Four. Surely not. It is fifteen minutes of just gobbledygook. Literally gobbledygook. What? Rick Mail's bedtime tales. Oh, it's just. It's surreal nonsense. It's, I, I, I was listening. Is to it designed for young people? It's not for young people. I think it's for quite old people. But you know, but I was I was listening, thinking that I'm five minutes into this and I have not understood. A, these are all English words. They're right. definitely English words strung together. <laughs> what time is it on? Quarter past eleven. I must listen. Yeah. You're going to get your greening. Did you sleep well greening listener to I, uh, I threw it through my mug of cocoa across the room. Oh. Um, uh, anyway, listen, that's <laughs> it. Uh, to post your feedback on the show, head to the blog. That's guardian.co.uk slash media talk. Or get in touch on Twitter by following me at Matthew Wells. Matthew Wells? <laughs> well, yes, it's Matthew Wells. Not Matt anymore. No, because no, cause there, was, there, were, there was a Matt Wells already. There can't be. There's there only was, one Matt there's, Wells. Well, you may, you may think so. Matthew I, Wells. That's yeah. your Sunday name. Yes, my Sunday. It's my mother's name. It's, my, it's what my mother calls me. Media <laughs> talk. <laughs> must be confusing. Media talk is... <laughs> Yes, uh, Media Talk is produced by Benjamin Green. And uh, if you'd like to buy his beautifully presented two-bedroom flat in Stoke Newington, head to the website of, of N16's number one estate agent, Julian Reed. No time wasters, please. I'm Matt Wells. Thank you for listening and goodbye. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.